the Pinball Network is online. Launching Final Round Pinball Podcast. Player versus player and player versus machine. Welcome to the final round. Another show, another no show for awards. I'm Jeff Teolis. <laughs> I'm Martin Robbins, and it is certainly a year of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you're referring to the post on our Facebook page yep. uh, when they listed the nominees for the Academy Awards. Your favorite movie of the year got a lot of them, 11, in uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, or whatever it's called. Yep. But My Year of Dicks was nominated for, well, I don't know, Best Short Feature or something like that. Bravo. I mean, if there's an award for title, you win. No, no, no. Oh, my God. There was another movie. <laughs> there was another movie. Cockfest? In- no. <laughs> Academy Awards. Oh, it was, it was, was it animation or was it short film? Who knows? Who cares? I do because, because there was another, there was another movie, which was actually an Australian movie that also um, was nominated in the same category as My Year of Dicks and- Oh, was it a Ryan C. Home movie? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, Google. Well, I think the name of this thing is hilarious. So best picture, best director, lead actress, supporting actor. Let's go. Let's search for dicks. Okay. Oh, look at that. It just Here popped it up. It's a, it's a bookmark. <laughs> it just happens to be a folder on my desktop. Uh, this this other short animated short film is called An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It. Okay. You like that title. I just think that is just stupid. And apparently it was just some kid's kind of like school ass- assignment that he made this um, film. Something like that. So, Speaking of- go. Kids and school assignments. We're way after. We might get to pinball. You could fast forward. We could still be talking about this shit. So don't even try. Just, just <laughs> yeah. stick with us. People, people, know, people know this show. That's why we don't get any awards, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. None. None. Don't even get top three. Nothing. And we're even in TPN where apparently that was a. <laughs> <laughs> that was the filter. Have yeah. to be a TPN I'm, podcast. Speaking of films and kids. My kids were over this weekend, and I said, you're about to watch a classic. It might be one of the funniest movies ever. It's 25, 26 years old. came out in 1997. What movie did we watch? In 97? Uh, Demolition if, Man. No. I'll yeah, just please. reveal it. Boogie Nights. Okay. You've not Dirk, seen Dirk, Boogie Nights? Dirk Diggler. Yes, Dirk Diggler. Yeah, it's a fantastic film. Spectacular. Yeah, Hilarious. really good. Yeah, Roller Girl. Roller Girl, sure. That I mean, there's just so much. I'm more of a Scotty J fan and uh, sure. Little Bill, and oh god, it was so good. I, I've seen it 15 times, and it was time for the kids to see it. My kids, by the way, are almost 21 and 17, so they're not small children yeah, watching enough. movies about fucking guys trying to be in porno. Anyway, yep. spectacular. Okay, where are we going with this? We do have an agenda somewhere, somehow. <laughs> don't know whether we do my my point is that it doesn't matter what we say people don't care enough 
Although, actually, you know what? That's not true. Because let's talk about the last couple of weeks, if you don't mind. I definitely want to talk about the last two weeks because you've had a good one. I, I've had I've had a phenomenal last two weeks. I had my first holiday in probably, mm, I would say, maybe three or four years. Yep. Vaca- vacation for those people, just so they know there's a difference between holiday and vacation. So I went to Tasmania and took my car across and I've got a nice little sporty car. You've been in it. It, it goes. It yeah. goes all right. So if you remember, I took you around the mountains at breakneck speed. Yes. And there was this one bit of road and it was 20 kilometers and I don't know how many miles that is, but it, it's not that long, but it was fantastic. In Tasmania, you've got that. Probably even better, but these stretches of road are 100 kilometers long and windy as fuck. So it was just fantastic. I literally just went from city to city to town to whatever. Eight days, drove all the way around Tasmania. Uh, The last thing I did was caught up with some pinball friends, uh, Mike and Moira. Um, and saw their new collection. They moved down from, from Melbourne down to Tasmania. And just the best night, just talking pinball, laughing, getting drunk on whatever alcohol was available. Um, and then I came back. So, But that's not, that's not the best part of the last couple of weeks. The best part of this, the, and it's, this is the segue based on what we were saying before, the last couple of weeks, I think for me, has probably been the biggest reaction I think I personally have had to a podcast that we've done. Oh. Do you know why? No. I assume because of Keith? Yes. Godzilla. Two things. Godzilla and Keith. The general consensus is that you're wrong and that Keith should just continue to do what he does and anything else may... I I think that the consensus was anything else somehow will mess with the alignment of the universe and we won't get great games if anything else happens. You know what I mean? It's like an alter universe where Keith is now a contractor. All of a sudden, the games aren't good anymore. Everyone's like... Why would you want change when what he's doing right now is amazing? Just keep doing what you do. That was the summary of that. The other one was, and I'll let you, I'll let you have a comment probably in the next five, ten minutes if you I can hang out that long. <laughs> and the other one was obviously talking about Godzilla. And the general consensus was, oh my God, you are right. Doesn't mean that people don't enjoy Godzilla less. It's just that they all realize now that I was correct in that, that the game just over rewards there you go. So many messages. Like I, I, there was this one day where I was at work and my, my message just kept blowing up from all these people, from people I hadn't spoken to in years, everyone just chiming in on this topic. It's called fodder for a podcast. That's the idea of bringing things up, getting people to talk and to listen. I thought it was good. And by the way, I was with Keith last week after we aired the show, and he goes, so I should be doing my own company, should I? <laughs> Is that what he said? Does, oh, yeah. he, does yeah. he actually listen? Yes, yes, yes. I was, because I I'm, obviously we don't know. I mean, I knew that he listened to Head to Head, but never realized that he still listened to this show. But I did wonder if he actually did listen and think, in my mind, I was thinking, he's probably sitting there going, shut up, Jeff. Stop fucking telling me what I've got to do with my fucking career. Don't give me career advice. But, I don't know. Well, not only does he listen, but he's also booked a trip to Australia for that free blowjob. <laughs> I told you. Are you just clearing your throat to get ready? I told you it was not free. I can't. How many times do I have to say that there's a prize attached to this? You're, you're, James Bond's 60th anniversary. Bring it over. You might get a couple. <laughs> 
loosen up. The ticket alone is expensive. You got to give a little too. All right. He's he's footing the big bill. He told me he's very happy and that's all that matters. I heard other information, too, that uh, backed up what I was saying. I was like, I'm going to keep that to myself. Sure. But but sure. um, okay. that's fine. So you obviously caught up with him at Indisc and I was watching him on stream going, does he know? Has he listened? But obviously we got to see him at at India, so I got to see him watching the stream, and I got to say it was nice to see him at a tournament. Does that like I just feel like he just hasn't been at them, and I also feel like at this particular tournament he gave a shit. There's big money on the line. There's big whoppers if you care about that stuff. I don't even know if Keith cares about either of those things. He just is very loyal to Indisc. I mean, if you ever listen to when he first started playing pinball. He was playing with Jim Balsito, so there's a great relationship there. He certainly loves Carl. Look what he puts into the games. Type in KED next time you get a high score on Godzilla, and you'll hear special callouts where he's okay. uh, acknowledging Carl. So uh, there's and of course Bob Matthews too. So a lot of good loyalties and friendships there, and and his background in California for so many years. So yes, it was nice to see him play in these things, unless you're playing against him. Uh, and you're in the finals with him, like I might have been, and he yeah. dominates. But I do agree. I would rather see him in uh, tournaments. I mean, he think about this. He lives in Chicago and didn't even play in Chicago's Pinball Expo in October. Busy guy, right? He's uh, Whether it was his next Cornerstone game, which comes out, I believe, in 2028, or uh, working on <laughs> Bond 60th, LE. So uh, he actually chose not to play that. But uh, when he does play, he dominates. It's just, I mean, he was second place in, in the main, second place in high stakes, winning classics. He's just a beast. Yeah, but what, what, I, what I noticed, and I guess because, because he has done so many tournaments, there is almost this, if you, if you didn't know who he was and you watched him play and you watched him drain a ball... Not knowing him, you'd think this person doesn't give a shit. He don't care. There's no, there's no tantrums. There's, no, there's zero emotion. However, to the discerning eye, being my eye, I felt when I was watching him, he was trying harder. For some reason, this tournament, and I, and I, I don't. Has he won in disc before? Many times. He, right. There's there are banners with uh, names of winners sure. of different tournaments, and I think he was the previous high stakes winner, for example. Yeah. Okay. There you go. It just looked to me as a viewer that this meant a lot to him, and he was fighting for it. I, I said other times we know he walked away from a tournament. Well, not he conceded a round. Remember, he just went ah whatever. This there was the fight, and that was great to watch. A lot of money was being given away, so maybe. Uh, because he's not making machines and he's not getting commissions, <laughs> maybe he needs this extra always, revenue. Did you ever think of that? bring it back to that. Fucking mm-hmm. bullshit, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Fuck mm-hmm. you're full of shit. But <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. It was a good one. Can we just talk about something for a second? Because I know, spoiler alert, we are recording as the Pinball Awards are going on. Um, no real reason for us to watch it podcast and or company i work for uh but (laughs) (laughs) did you you get snubbed again too i mean no 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 we actually got mentioned quite a lot but as we sort of said we weren't gonna get we weren't gonna win anything i wasn't expecting to even get top three in anything even though i think there was four games that were nominated (laughs) 
I'll, I'll come back to innovation in a second. But the streamer of the year. Spoiler, everyone. If you don't want to know, people don't listen. But I don't know, even know. T- oh, okay. Well, IE Pinball won. There you go. Good. Ruined it for you. Can I, I just want to say, no one comes close. Sorry. I know that was kind of like what you said last week when you were talking about design engine. Like, well, okay, that one. No one comes close. Everybody, I'm like, I'm not saying everybody else is crap. Yeah, you picked what work. Sa- I remember that. What I'm, what I'm saying is, if you watched Indisc and you saw the production on that, it was next level. It is, without a doubt, the closest thing we have got to an esports level of production. It was that good. It wasn't just the, the commentators, and I know that you had a hand in selecting the commentators, and they were, they were they were good. You can never know what the dynamics are going to be when you bring three different people together over all the different shifts, but it wasn't just that you had good commentators. You had good production. You had good cameras. You had good frames. You had good editing. You had good sort of like, you know, panning to the over to you for interviews, for the sponsors, all that kind of stuff. It was just at this professional level that I've been hoping that Pinball would get to. And how many views did it get? Over 600,000 currently. <laughs> 600,000. Not a hundred like most streams <laughs> on a good stream or maybe a few thousand uh, if it's a pinball machine reveal. In fact, it was front page on Twitch several times. Uh, that's part of the partnership that Carl has and uh, some connections. I Believe it or not, actually, Asher Lefkoff was a big part of uh, getting that shown. I think he's got some buddies uh, that uh, uh, he was he was talking to, to, to. I don't know the background, but basically uh, Carl thanked Asher for um, helping get that kind of front page status and uh, awareness, really. And um, I think the person that makes that decision is – now a massive pinhead. Does that mean more? That of helps. This? I hope so. Well, he's a pinhead in the sense like, wow, I, you know, I mean, fuck, I can watch Fortnite a million times or I can watch people lick microphones and that ASMR bullshit or hot tubs or, <laughs> or DJs pressing a button and showing mm. their wonderful skills um, yep. or something that's unique and always different in pinball. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's great. You can, all these people can have the best intentions and great well done you're a pinhead love you thank you but when nope, you no blow job there hmm. no when you've got i don't know there was like 50,000 60,000 people i i think it was something like that that i saw concurrent right that were watching i don't know i think it was something like that it was, was 15,000 at one point okay if that's normally going to be 2,000 you've got an extra 13,000 people that's fine for them to click on the button when it's on the front page but for them to stay there that, that right there is a sign that you've now made pinball accessible to other gamers. That, it's, that, that just absolutely has to be acknowledged that he has fucking cracked the code. That's what he did. Yeah, and you could see it in the comments too. So I know the one time I was in the booth um, live, I, a lot of the stuff you saw was pre-recorded, uh, except after the awards were given, or sorry, after the final fours of all the events, we would do interviews, but but all the other stuff was pre-recorded until the finals of the Open, Steve Bowden, Zach McCarthy, myself, that was live, and we knew the audience was big, and when we knew it was big, we knew the majority, probably fourteen or 13,000 of those 15,000 were first-time Yep. 
competition watchers, but more so first time, what is this pinball all about? Yes. We switched on a dime and had to speak to, um, this isn't insulting to say this, but we were speaking to the lowest common denominator in that we had to explain things. Well, you know me, I, I understand a lot about pinball and I've obviously streamed and I've done commentating before. I felt your commentating for the final was exactly what it needed to be. And even for me, like what you've got to remember is there's, let's say there's 2000 normal pinheads watching that, right? Yep. How many, how many of those 2000 that are watching really know what a Shats is? Really know if oh, you yeah. said Alipass what that is. Not many. So I think the fact that you went down to lowest common denominator is where you should be anyway. It's okay to be at that level and assume that people don't know. Because the, the reason I'm saying that is that I do know, and even though you're saying it though I know, it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's okay. So you're better off always being at that level because you're just going to be a catch-all. Because also don't forget, of the 2,000 people that are watching – there's only 50 of them that are chatting. Well, that's another conscious decision we told all the commentators as well, too. If you're streaming at home, if you're doing it on Melbourne Silverball, or if you're doing it on any of these wonderful streams that we see all the time on Twitch, you're probably dealing with an audience of, you know, 20 to, if you're really good, maybe 100 or 150. You can probably manage the chat as you're playing and talk back and forth to the chat and we consciously did not if there was a ball in play forgive us we're not acknowledging the chat because it's distracting and i know you like that but you can't do that when no no with that many people the chat can talk with each other if we the only time we said if you specifically ask the chat a question then of course you acknowledge it hey thanks there's marty with the answer blah 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 because also too what's it going to sound like on the video on demand afterwards when you're not actually seeing the chat and you're just throwing things out there it would have been too distracting so we consciously did not talk to the chat especially during play in between no problem we could kind of do that if somebody asked a question uh you know what is this where are the standings how what's the format we were hopefully answering those questions without the chat having to ask them but that was a good reminder okay every time we come back after a game kind of say what we're doing kind of you know because some of these games are lasting 40 minutes or or longer so you kind of want to there's always new people coming in and out and uh, again for the 10 seconds you repeat yourself by explaining what's going on, you're now uh, involving the people that just got there. Yeah. And, and look, as I said, it was, it was a challenge for you guys, I know, putting all these people together that some of them probably hadn't met each other for the first time. So you, had, you always had three commentators. And, and I liked the fact that you switched them out quite often. It was quite refreshing. And I know that you and I have had this conversation offline. I just want to bring this up because there was one person that I watched that I thought was was quite a surprise. Oh, I've got one too. Just to, just to let you know, uh, here's a little background stuff. Carl and I, we decided before Indisc happened, as opposed to at Indisc or any other tournament where you're like, hey, do you want to stream? Do you want to stream? Fuck that. I said, Carl, we, we have to do it before the tournament starts because it's mad scrambling. Now, we have to keep in mind that these people might actually not be available to commentate. Like, in fact, the, for the semifinals of the Classics 2, it was supposed to be uh, Leslie Ruckman who was there and did a great job. It was supposed to be her, myself, and Josh Sharp. 
in the booth. We thought that'd be kind of funny to put Josh and I in there. We were both still playing. So we had, we also had lists of alternates. So that was all done in advance. And like you said, we didn't know the chemistry of some of these people, but we kind of all gave them guidelines, you know, make sure one person's kind of, oh, first of all, if you're talking for 30 seconds, you've talked too long. It's somebody else's turn. That was rule number one. Don't interrupt was the other rule. And and the biggest rule was have fun. So all that kind of consideration. So I have since gone back and watched and made notes of every person's strengths. And, and if they had any weaknesses or suggestions, those have been there. So I had somebody that really surprised me how great they were. I'm curious who yours is. I have mine too. Go. Who's yours? Mine was Andre Masenkov. Mm. Uh, and the reason why I say that is... He he had a really oh my god it's hard to put it down. He had a voice that just projected, and he was clear enunciation, but there was it was full of energy and enthusiasm. But more importantly, it was filled with knowledge, and it was filled with knowledge based on games and games rules, but also what was happening on the game itself. And the only thing I know I, I said this to you as well. The only thing that I had the problem I had with Andre is. I felt he was looking around people thinking, well, they're better than me. And and I was looking at him going, dude, you are fucking awesome. Be more confident. Get out there. You should do more of this. I thought he was so good. Former guest of Final Round, we love Andre. And Carl uh, and I both agreed when we looked at the list. Uh, well, let's see if he wants to do this. And he was more than willing to. Extremely gracious and Humble, almost to a fault, but um, yeah. he he was spectacular. I had somebody else in mind. I, Andre certainly got just you know, if, if there are five stars, he got five stars from me as as we kind of do a post mortem on Indisc and the commentating. The one that I knew was definitely knowledgeable, and I've a few times heard him on chat, and it was a suggestion, you know, from Carl. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And he did a couple, he, he was actually an alternate and uh, came in a couple of times, blew me away. And I don't, even, I don't even know if you know him or not. Dave Stewart from the Northwest. I do know Dave Stewart a lot, actually. Okay, so he he was outstanding. Yeah, he was times. great, wasn't he? Well, yep. he just, he's exa- uh, there was zero direction needed for him because he knew to engage the other two people. He knew when to back off if somebody was was talking there was never an interruption which is a massive pet peeve of mine and the knowledge was off the charts now by the way he knows everything in pinball this guy is a great top 100 player for years runs a lot of the events in the northwest in fact one of the real behind the scenes founders if you will of papa and pinberg and things like that like he's he's done a lot that you may or may not know of but so it doesn't matter when you're listening to him in the commentating He's asking questions. What do you do here? And like he, he knows he's the answer. The he's flow engaging. happening. Oh, no, fuck, he's making great. it flow. I know. I saw him. In fact, funny enough, the the first time I met. In fact, I think the only time I've met Dave Stewart was actually at Indisc, the first Indisc I went to. Unfortunately, uh, we had a tie break, and he knocked me out of A division into B division in the classics. So thank you. I, I did actually hate him for a long time as there a result of that. But but he redeemed himself. I was listening to the commentating because it was at a stage where the game was on. So therefore, as we've talked about before, they didn't show the commentators. And I'm like, this person is fantastic. I wonder who this person couldn't pick the voice. And when when they cut to the announcer's story, I went, oh, shit, that's his voice. I didn't realize that that was his voice because I'd never spoken to him, even though he kicked me out. So, But yeah, he was great. It's amazing how you can have this um, 
shit list, if you will, for people you don't even really, really know, but just one thing will tick you off and you're on the list. You're on the Marty list. Yeah, you, you actually don't even need to do anything to get on my list. That's what it is. You're an incredible judge. But back to the competition in disc. Sure. <laughs> I, I know how much you love that, and I hope you can get there next year. The new location's great. The stream doesn't do it justice because you really can't see how massive. It, it was bigger than the year before. I When I walked in, I was like, oh, this is a different room. And wow, it's way bigger. So you've got a massive bank of classics games, probably, I don't know, 15, 16, 17. I could be, there could be more. I think there were 18 in the main bank. There were eight in the high stakes. I think there were seven or eight, I think eight in the women's bank. And of course, the huge, huge bank of Target Classics Match Play. I'm saying it backwards. It's Classics Target Match Play, which began the whole tournament. And then you had 20 games in free play area, which were fun, fun games. You had a Bond game in there. You had all kinds of fun. They had a Legends of Valhalla. They had anything you can imagine, a good mix of old and new. There was always something to do. And it was just another perfect tournament. I can't tell you how great Indisc is. And when we were talking about, I think last week, you said, boy, you're scaring people away. I saw a lot of new people there that were, let's say, quote unquote, not great players or not high ranked or all that stuff. They had a blast. So there was no scaring anyone away. Anybody who went had a great time. Well, you say that, except for the fact that I did get a message from someone saying they were on the fence about coming and... After you finished, they went, oh, well, that's me out. And then they heard me talk and went, oh, I'm back in the room. So, Oh, so you saved them? I saved them Hmm. is what I'm saying. So in the course of the five minutes of us talking about that, they were like, I'm out. Oh, I'm back in. Correct. How does that fence fence feel sitting on that? Oh, hello, uh, American voters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not get political, Jeff. (laughs) You did (laughs) it, you fucker. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so uh, anyway, uh, you're welcome. So that was just extra prize money for you. So one of the comments that I heard after Indisc, there were a few comments in the chat line about this. It was something we heard a year ago, and I want to clear it up. There were people saying, you know, as we're playing older machines, it could have been Blackjack, let's say. It could have been Flash Gordon, which the championship was won on. A great finish mm-hmm. for oh my Escher God, Lefkoff. Yeah. It was, he had to get a fucking million points on Flash Gordon on his last ball. I know. And luckily he got an extra ball and then got it in bonus. It was just, it was one of these, it was a pinball moment. Not it was lucky. one of those Not lucky. Like he, he knew, uh, this is Escher. He knows when he steps up, okay, whatever the score is, Here's how I'm going to get there. There's And there's always a path how to get there. So he knew first thing, okay, get the extra ball. We'll go from there. And then good things will happen. You know, the spinners were juiced. There's lots of ways to do it. There were some safe shots. Uh, you kind of had enough time on it to know the bounces. And all he does is win. It's just, it's crazy. But again, I'm talking about these older games. And people are like, oh, what about new games? Well, there were new games in the banks and stuff. Isn't it weird how the players, the best in the world, world champions, did not pick them. I wonder why. I wonder why. And uh, people are like, oh, you know, they should showcase the new ones that you want to sell. This is a tournament for thousands and thousands of dollars. This is not a promotional piece yeah. to sell fucking pinball machines. Fuck what it does head. sell is competitive pinball, which was the idea. Also, and, and also- my last thing was when Kaylee George won the high stakes. 
There was $15,000 on the line. Three games were picked. All of them solid states or classics. And he didn't play Walking Dead, which was there. He didn't play, and I'm forgetting some of the other very new modern games. And I asked him in the interview, can you explain the importance of uh, uh, older games and and uh, newer games and, and why they're all important. And he gave the, like, he just won $15,000 and gave the greatest speech ever. I recommend you watch it. Why these older games are super important. Okay. For someone like me, could be fucked watching it. What's the secret? What's the secret? Um, yeah. Because they are no different than newer games. The same skills are required. And yeah, the rules might not be as deep. I mean, Marty, the first time you played Godzilla, did you know any of the rules? No, <laughs> and what'd you do? You watched, you do? Me. You watched you do? me. What'd you do? You played for an hour and something, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You were watching me. You watched my very first game on Godzilla. Yep, because in that case, as you like to point out, you get rewarded for missing, and it, there's a very good argument for that. I can't really <laughs> disagree. I did have this fun, funny comment during the week where I think I'm hilarious. Where I said with Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla, when you go up to the machine, you hit the start button, and there's no credits. It gives you a jackpot. <laughs> not a multi-ball anyway. oh darn <laughs> it's just, anyway so keep going okay here's what here's what what i think i think a modern game if you're good at godzilla you'll also be good at rush you'll also be good at james bond i'm just trying to now go through all the recent stern games if you're good at one you're good at the other back on those old games if you're good on like i'm talking 80s if you're good on firepower, that doesn't mean you're good on Centaur. It doesn't mean that you're good on Quicksilver. I think back then, people have an affinity to a certain game, almost like it's like, oh, it brings me luck. I know I'm, I know I'm good on that particular solid state or even alphanumeric. I think the more recent games, I think the skills are so just transferable amongst all the different games. Is that making sense to you? Sure. I guess my point is, if it's 20, 30 minutes to play a classics game and and just uh, have a lot of fun, whether it be Stars on Fireball, we we had a great time playing Stars, or playing Flash Gordon, as mentioned in the finals of the Open, there was excitement there. There was skill. It was not a long, long game. I'm relating this to two things. One, the IFPA recently had their state and provincial championships, and in Illinois, Raymond Davidson, who listens to this program, congratulations, won beating Andy Bagwell in seven games. That tournament got over at 4 a.m. Because a lot of modern games. And in fact, the final was the Simpsons Pinball Party. It was tied 3-3. Andy Bagwell and uh, Raymond Davidson. It's since been posted on, I think, Ray Day's uh, on Twitch channel. He played for an hour and a half and completed the wizard mode. It's exciting to watch for sure on a VOD, it's not a lot of fun if you're in a competition and it's 4 a.m. And I despise with all my might tournaments that are all modern games. And I know that sounds shitty and snobby, but the reason, it's not that I'm afraid of the games or I'm not good at the games. It's how long they play. Unless you, you know, unfortunately bastardize them, which I isn't fun either. It's just... If you remember Papa a few years ago when they were around, their main bank used to always, always, always be modern games. And then they went, this is ridiculous. This is too long. And they added games like Skateball, like Jungle Princess or Jungle Queen. And 
You still had the moderns in there, but you had a mix. It was because of timing. 4 a.m. is horseshit crazy and stupid and terrible and a, a tournament kill. It's it's dumb. Like, it's crazy how long they are. And so, tournaments, as they're quote-unquote called, and it's not a knock on Stern because Stern is great. It's It means modern tournaments. Is what it, when people talk about tournaments, it's not all Sterns. It's, it means all modern games. They just happen to mainly consist of Stern games. It's too, too fucking long. And it's not fun. And and here we are talking about all this great stuff on Indisc. Can you imagine if they were all modern games? It wouldn't be as much fun. I mean, the end result would be probably the same, but the fatigue factor of he's on his sixth multi-ball. Oh, look, he stacked this. And as opposed to I can understand and, and watch this incredible thing. Here's the problem, I guess, with tournaments. And actually, even with the IFPA, I've got people that are saying, Promote new games, show new games to sell new games. I get all that. It makes sense. It's not what competitions are about. The problem is the way the competitions are structured. It's always about what's your best score after three balls or five balls on a classic. When everything, all planets align will be, you could have a tournament. You could have all modern games, but don't play the whole game. Make it. Show us what you can do in five minutes. And when five minutes is done, stop. And then the next person goes. That would be fucking so thrilling. It's like what they do in the Heads Up Challenge with two machines of the same thing. If they can change this whole game into show us what you can do in five minutes, yeah, you won't get to see the wizard mode and all that stuff. I'm telling you, you'd get to see these modern games. It would be exciting. You wouldn't have tournaments that go to 4 a.m. I can hardly wait for the IFPA to embrace that. And they do for some tournaments, but you just don't. they don't for Whoppers. Once that switch happens... It will be for the better. And I was talking to a person this week who may or may not have been the founder of the IFPA who completely agrees. Okay, so one person agrees with you. Yeah. <laughs> was Roger Sharp, you dick knocker? Yeah, but still, one person agreed with you. Only the person who created competitive pinball. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, how long ago? Oh, you ageist prick. Just because I'm a week older than you and I'm now older for this one week fucking span, you're going to talk. You young buck. Is that what this is all about? What I'm saying is that's one person that agrees with you. Okay. So there's two people. However, I'm a third person that agrees with you. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I had this problem in my my working career as a senior level manager. I was always faced with a situation. Do I do the right thing or do I make light and make fun of the person in front of me? You know which path I always chose. And it did get me into trouble sometimes. But anyway, point is, I agree. I, I think to myself, what unfinished business couldn't be resolved in a 20-minute game versus an hour and a half game? Like, really? Just yep. bring it down. But this is the beauty of, of Indisc. Indisc has always been about a diverse range of games. It's, it's you know what, dare, dare I say they've probably got a diversity quota. You know what I mean? Where they're like, we have to have two games from each era and it's always worked. And this is why. It's just one of the elements that is why I say Indisc is the best, best tournament in the world. And now that Bimbo's gone, more people can agree with me. Well, that's one person's opinion. Yeah. Correct. What's your opinion, Jeff? I don't want to share it, but I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Indisc definitely has a wide mix. They don't have EMs in the main bank. They do have EMs in the high stakes bank. 
Um, so they, you know, I would say some of the older games you saw, you saw Flash Gordon, you would see Firepower, they had high speed, they had Joker Poker set on three balls. But yeah, they also had Deadpool, they had Rush, they had Revenge from Mars. They had to, thankfully, bring back Mystery Castle. I wish it got on stream. It might have in some of the earlier uh-huh. rounds. Um, but that was basically kind of a fuck you to people who said, oh, this shouldn't be in there. Uh-uh. It was a media darling. You should have seen the lineup to get on that game. It was it was fun because we knew what to do. And again, it's, it's a way to showcase what great pinball players can do. It doesn't matter the machine at all. Okay. New okay. world. This is what I love about Indisc, and and I'm going to say that this is Jim Belsito's fault. It, it could be, you know, Carl's and and everybody else that's involved in it. But I think there is this when they come together. There's like it's a serious tournament. This is what we're going to do. Here's the machines that we're going to have. Bang, 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 bang. And then they're like, oh, um, there's this section here which is the shit fuckery section. So what game? <laughs> Can we now put in the banks to fill our quota of shit fuckery? Oh, okay, I know. Bub fucking wire. Years shit ago. Fuckery. But this is what I love. I yes. love about is you can look around and you can go, okay, what's the shit fuckery game of this year? There's always one where you go, Jim Belcedo, you're fucking with me. You're doing this just because you know it's fucking hilarious. Barb wire. Was one year, one year. Waterworld was another one. Yep. Oh, my God. There's always one each year. What was it this year? It, oh, it Mystery been, Castle. Yeah, it could have been yeah. Mystery Castle for sure. Um, Geez, what else is there? Let me pull up in disc.com. Hold on. That's a good question. Okay. Because if you speak to Jim Belsito, he is, oh, my God, he's just one of the loveliest people in people. I remember I, I, I always remember those people that were really welcoming of me when I went to Indus for the first time and obviously those that weren't. I wish they were dead, and yep. some of them have died based on the previous podcasts. Wow. Jim Belsito was just this one person that was always checking in with me to see if I was okay, knew what I was doing, having a good time. For it, it fear for his life. Probably. He knew. He knew. He had a crystal ball. He knew. And he just, but this is Jim Belsito. He's nice. He's mild-mannered. But he will fuck you with these <laughs> games. That's what he does. Because he also, he's also the one that tinkers with them to make them difficult. In fucked up ways. God, he's awesome. Well, he's a Southern Cal guy. And speaking of fucking people, I mean, isn't that where the porn industry begins, I believe, in the in the I valley there? So, I, yeah, you don't know. I just watched Boogie Nights. Of course I know. Anyway, um, yeah, Mystery Castle would have been in there. He had Bad Girls, which was, you're like, what? He's putting Bad Girls. Of course, Revenge from Mars was in there. Um, Space Station. They had, oh, here's the game. Star Trek, The Next Generation. You're thinking, oh, oh there's no hard way. one. How mm. do you do that? You're going to be right orbit all day. Uh-uh-uh-uh. The good players did different strategies. There are di- You can do that if you want. Takes a while. Nope. The great players took eight shots, comboed eight shots to blow the game up. How do you do that on Star Trek The Next Generation? How do you do it, Marty? I don't fucking know. Well, I'll tell you. Oh, by the way, whoop, another game whoop. you put in there was Street Fighter 2. <laughs> oh, okay, there's the shit fuckery game. There's another right one. There. Apparently, That's, Super Mario Brothers wasn't available. Wait till I, next year. Uh, so, and I had this conversation because we, we've actually just had somebody that's um, joined us at work and he's got a teed off. Yep. And I said, do you know what? If you're going to have a Gottlieb premiere, you've got one of three, maybe four 
decent games because I think teed off is actually quite a good game. Sure. Um, it's just obviously the the flippers uh, are shit. Cuba Wizard is another one. People don't like that. I don't know. Rowdy um, rap. <laughs> sure need that rap now. <laughs> wow, do you do call us? That's fucking good. Yes. Jeez, that's I know, good. right? So okay, uh, I agree. Uh, the the shit fuckery of I was saying Star Trek Next Generation. By the way, here's how you played the game properly, and ha- this is how the high scores happened. Ignore the multi ball. What in a modern game? Yep. Pick warp factor four, which yep. then you rip the spinner, which was extremely juiced. Then when it comes around to the upper flipper, hit the ramp shot. Yep. It comes back down to flipper, hit the spinner again, ramp shot. Do that four times. Each spinner, upper flipper shot, repeat four times. Four billion. There you go. The spinner was worth so much. It was yeah. great. Oh, God, it was fun. It was a neat way to play the game. Yep. Yeah, good. I. It's very rare. Very rare to see a Star Trek Next Gen in a tournament. And... I would imagine because it's one of those ones where if it does malfunction, it's not a quick fix. You can't get them really back up and running that quickly, I guess. I mean, you could, depending <laughs> on what the problem is, but sometimes they can have real bad problems. I remember being with Steve Ritchie once at Texas Pinball Festival and somebody came up to him and said, hey, Steve, big fan, and uh, I've, I, I've got some of your games and I love them. And he said, uh, what game do you have? And he said, I've got Star Trek Next Generation. And Steve said without missing a beat and it still works <laughs> yep. yeah yeah so it's a case a case of too complicated you you overstretch yourself guys yeah I mean it is what it is it's a it's a fantastic game I don't love it because of the outlines but it's a fantastic game you also mentioned are you eating yeah I'm eating macadamias what a dick yep well, I'm going to get some fucking food if you're going to eat, too. No. Sorry, listeners. How long have I had to wait for you? You fucking prick. You've reloaded your computer four times because you've crashed because you had that folder of no. open dicks on earlier. You've mixed, you've mixed that around. I crashed four times, rebooted my machine once. So... Um, Close anyway. the dicks folder. <laughs> no. All I wanted to talk about was you, you mentioned Bad Girls, which is... Uh, just an interesting Gottlieb game. I think it's sort of like a mirrored 8-Ball Deluxe. Do we need to talk about the double zero? Yes, the double zero on Bad Girls. Travis Murray. Oh, what would you think? Okay, so I, I want to explain the scenario and then I want you to tell the listeners what actually happened, okay? The first thing I'm going to talk to everybody, because there's probably some people that don't know about what's called playfield validation, okay? So we need to explain that. Otherwise... This will make sense to some people, but not to everyone. Okay, playfield validation. Basically, what it means is if you plunge your ball, if it does not hit a switch, it's counted as a ball not in play and it'll just give you a ball back. Some games will allow up to a certain amount of switch hits before it considers the game in play. And in fact, there's some exploits that some games have. I'll give you some examples. Yep. Um... When people play jackpot, they will soft plunge so it doesn't go into the pops. It kind of hits the one-way gate and then rolls onto the flipper. And if it doesn't roll on the flipper and it goes in the center drain, you get the ball back. It has zero switch hits. Correct. That is exactly right. But there were also some games, as I said, that allow you to have one or two switch hits and still not considered a ball in play. Case in point... Bad girls, over to you, Jeff. 
Sorry, what? Oh, if you're going to eat, fuck, I'm going to eat. I grabbed a fuck bag of chips. Account. Yeah, you know, did you have to wait an hour for me to arrive? And therefore miss lunch completely? Oh. Did you have to record late at night so I can accommodate my drunk weekend uh, partner? Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Did you have to wait for his trip to be over from Tasmania? Mm. Did you have to sit through the pinball awards waiting for you to arrive? I didn't watch it. I, I, I sent no, a, I did. I didn't. I sent, I sent a note to Craig Bobby. Give me the list of winners so I can uh, acknowledge them. No. No. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So Travis Murray was playing. He's in a player group of four. And he's trying to get the ball on flipper. So the way Bad Girls works, really, it's the opposite play field of 8-Ball Deluxe. There's a lot of similarities there. The drops are on the left side. You have an upper flipper on the right versus the left of 8-Ball Deluxe. So he's plunging it and trying to catch it on the flipper. I forget what trying to sh- what shot he was trying to go for. I can't remember if he was trying to hit the 8 or not. Wherever he was trying to do, it didn't get on the flipper, and it went in the center drain, if you will. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, but he goes back. Ball, 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 ball came back. The first two times, <laughs> it came back. Not the third time. Thus, the double zero. Because when you're playing and when you're qualifying as a single player, you can do it all day. You can do it a hundred times if you want. It's not a bug. It's a software programming thing in multiplayer. As this was for the first time, him playing it because you qualify as a single player, it lets you do it once. It lets you do it twice. Uh, 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 as Nedry would say, <laughs> no, not a third time. And he, oh my God, he drained. The look on his face was, and it was just, it was unfortunate that in order for that scenario to happen, somebody needed to short plunge three times for that to happen. And he just happened to be the first person that did it. And it was a real what the fuck moment. It, not was, one I person, it was hilarious. Not one person knew that. Uh, no, until, that's right. But we all know now. Absolutely. I'm going to confess something. Okay. I had a wonderful time at Indus. I was happy to make the playoffs in classics in both the first and the second. Uh, great opportunities. Because on Saturday, I played classics in the morning and then qualified and played till Indus closed. I, I couldn't get to play any games in the main. So I watched my... I watched, oh, my God. I watched me I know bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed. Top 40 made playoffs. I was 41st. So oh my god I was the bubble someone player. messaged me someone messaged me saying oh my god poor Jeff and I'm like what and I went 41 and I looked and went oh my god so and I didn't I didn't message you I'm an asshole you know that I've, I'm proud of it yeah tattooed but even then I was like I'm not gonna message you and be that person that's like oh man what happened and it's like you know that you were 41st you don't need another person going what happened I just didn't want to be that much of an asshole. Well, a lot of people did because they're not assholes. They're just, you know, if I poke fun, they can poke fun too. If you give it, you got to be able to take it. So I got a lot of messages. Oh, that sucks. Or bubble boy and stuff and like that. And my reaction to everyone. Bubble butt. <laughs> bubble butt that too. My reaction to them and to you is I don't care if I was a hundredth. I just made top three in the classics. I it, Yeah. Whatever yeah. happens was gravy. Am I going to give up a third place so that I... Uh, can get a few more games in in the main. It would be nice, but that's uh, the okay. sacrifice you make yep. when you do it. So I would have done the same thing. I'm happy as shit. I, is it coincidental? Hey, if I got in, great. If I didn't, I understand why I didn't. But here's yeah, the. But here's you the could have re- also spent more time trying to get, and you might not have had the scores as well. So you just don't know. So I didn't play 
as much as I love classics, I didn't play in the classics target match play on Thursday at all. And that's maybe my bread and butter. I chose not to play it because you're in that classics target match play all day. So I said, I'm not going to play in that. That will be the day I try to qualify for the open because Friday I'm going to be in classics one Saturday. I'm going to be in classics two and won't have time to qualify. And so whatever I do on Thursday, great. So that's kind of what happened. But what I haven't said to anybody, and no one knows this, but I am an honest guy and I'll tell you what happened. When I play these card formats, the card format is you have to play five different games and your scores, if you play a game like Rush, your score is compared to everyone else who plays Rush. So if you're the number one score, you would get 200 points and you know down to zero. The best five total scores out of a maximum of 1,000 is what you would get on your card. So my last game, I actually saved for Rush. How I play these uh, card formats is I'm going to play the hardest game, I think, in my first or second ticket. And I'm going to save the game I feel the most comfortable with for my last game. And I felt comfortable on Rush. I have a Rush. I kind of knew the shots. I knew it was difficult, but still, I know what to do to get a decent average score again it's all about consistency you don't have one shitty score you don't even have to blow up scores you just have to have five decent scores i think zach sharp qualified for playoffs and his best score was maybe 35th on a machine doesn't matter they were all around that age and and you get in so saved rush for the end i've got 65 million i know that this ticket's going to be pretty good at the time it was going to put me in about 25th great awesome so everything else is gravy ball three Remember our story of Travis Murray? Yep. So there was no ball save on. So I kind of soft plunged to try to get to the upper flipper so that I could take a side shot and get a ball save. If you get either the scoop or the upper ramp, you get a three, five second ball save and a few million. That's what I'm going to try to do. I did the soft plunge. I bricked my shot, but I didn't hit any switches. I must have hit a post and it came back down to the bottom right flipper. I caught it. I'm like, hmm. The ball save still lit those two side shots. I'm going to let the flipper drain and take another pot shot mm-hmm, at it. And mm-hmm. I did. I dropped the flipper. End of ball. I'm an idiot. By the way, the three million I would have got for making the skill shot or any points would have put me in the playoffs. Oh, fuck but, me, dead. But but again, you don't know that if that happened Thursday, you don't know that. And, uh, you know, I was like, OK, don't d- flip away. Oh fuck! Uh, that's how yeah. I that's how I got out of it. But oh yeah. well, still happy. That's yeah. what happened. No, exactly. But that, don't forget, you you go to. I guess this is what I was sort of saying last episode is don't go in there thinking if if I win I'm having a happy time. If I lose, I'm having a bad time. They, you you go there to have fun. You have different ways of having fun because I know for you it's also catching up with a lot of people. It's doing commentating. It's also doing the interviews that you do, which are always fantastic. Don't don't let anyone tell it don't tell anyone that I said that, but I think they're fantastic. Thank you. Um just if you can edit that out, that'd be great. I'll try to remember, um, yeah. As <laughs> if you would. Um but I'm gonna loop it. But there's just <laughs> There are just many ways that you can enjoy yourself at any of these pinball tournaments, and Indus just happens to have more than most. There you go. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, yep. Yes, so I, I saw a lot of people there. We saw Keith Elwin. We talked about that. He had a good laugh, and we were talking about Bond's 60th, which I saw again 
congratulations to Project Pinball and thanks to everyone who supports that fine charity and helps put pinball machines in children's hospitals all around uh, America. Uh, it's, it's a great thing what Daniel Spoiler and the team does there, Sierra as well. They had another draw where they sold out a Bond 60th LE and these were $200 tickets. I think normally the ticket's about 100 bucks or 60 bucks, or depends on the premium or pro. Yeah, they used to be 50 yeah, they've gone up just as stern prices go up, right? So, yeah, of course. Yeah, so they're now, what, 500 Think of it. So they, they're they paying for one machine, but they're actually paying for two machines. So your money, you know, one they give away, one they put in the hospital. That's how it works. Okay. So I think these tickets were 200 bucks. Boom, sold out, just like the first one did. What does that tell you about Bond LE? Marty. Uh, what it tells you is that people want the game. That is, they want to spend $30,000 for it. In Australia, dollars, that is. Yeah, about 20 here in North America, or maybe 15. I don't know what it is, 25 probably in Canada, but you're right, a lot of money. People want the game. They don't want to spend that kind of money. What else does it tell you, Marty? I don't know. That the charity is doing well? Yeah, that's that's a fact. Go mm-hmm. deeper. What else does it tell you about Bond 60th LE? As Project Pinball did its second draw of this exclusive 500-to-be-sold games. Yeah, they could they they could do twenty more draws and still sell out immediately. Like what it's basically saying mm. is there is more demand than there is the actual games, more demand than supply. So therefore, the price can be up. You're wrong, Marty. Okay. You're wrong, and I'll tell Fine. you why you're wrong. Fine. There is more demand than supply. No, it's the other way around. They were able to get another machine because they're not sold out. Oh, really? Well, how did they get another machine, Marty? How can you call call some distributors and ask if you can get one? I have. I've called a, I've called a few. Yeah, what do you want? They're not sold out. They will be. Don't get me wrong. They will be. But they're not. They're available. Call a distributor. You might be able to find one. So, what does that mean, Marty? Pop. Pop, 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 pop. No, not even remotely. Fuck you. It's getting there, dude. It's getting there. No. Yeah. No, th- yeah, no, that's it's getting bullshit. there. It's getting there. That's bullshit. Okay. Did 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 the limited edition, not the not this special 60th anniversary, did the uh LE, the George Gomez one, did that sell out? I don't know. Yeah, it did. The answer is yes, you know it did. And, I, don't, I don't know it. Well, it's true. I'm telling you it did. And you remember that's the one in Australia where the the prices for the LE went up $5,000, you know? Okay. 30%. And it sold out. So, has the bubble burst? No, it hasn't. Because they sold out at, you know, 30% more, you know? So, this, you can't go by this limited edition single level game at $30,000 or, well, here here it's $31,500. You can't use that as an example of whether the bubble has burst because literally a month ago, the LEs of the other bond did sell out at a much higher rate anyway. So, ridiculous argument. Secondhand market, uh, more games are available and um, prices are coming down. No, they're not. So yes, I want you, they I want are. You, no, they're not. No, no, no. I want yes, you to actually go and give me they evidence. They are. I want you to show me all the numbers. Listen all to, the numbers. Listen to the pinball show. They, they, they do market trends. They, they talk about it. And do you reckon the market trends are completely objective? I bet you, Zach, who uh, no, is- answer that, yes or no? Are they objective? Mm, I, I, <laughs> you're hilarious 
I think Zach does more research than both you and I from two standpoints. Oh, one, for the, one, one, one for one. Yeah, like fuck, whatever he <laughs> thought in his head is more research. He, <laughs> he he certainly follows that from a business point of view too. I mean, this guy left his profession to become a distributor, and he has his finger on the pulse of what games are selling for. And these games that are uh, supposed to track the whales, Ovira. The Spond LE, they're not they're not selling out. There you can find these games. There's there's high demand for them. Don't get me wrong, but it's the, I think they they've hit the ceiling. So maybe the bubble hasn't burst, but we found the ceiling. I think. Oh, yeah. I I I agree with you. Okay, I think okay. not, not only did we find the ceiling, I think we pushed through the ceiling. But we've pushed through a ceiling. And oh my god, I wish I had a really good metaphor to explain this. But you know, we fucking push the fucking boundaries of what people would accept like this i've i've always when we've talked about price rises and even with the, the la that came out i was sort of like yeah i understand i get it objectively i understand you know um bill of materials have gone up supply demand covid blah 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 thanks ian ian has pushed prices up i <laughs> i get all of that i think the i still think that the 60th anniversary is a complete anomaly in that it is way over the top it is just Okay, now you're taking the piss. All right, that that's I look at it, and you know, even though I still look at the machine and I go, it's fantastic. I want one. I really would want one. I would want this over the other James Bond. Right? I just think this would be so much fun to play and in my collection, but not for thirty one thousand five hundred dollars. Like that's just fucking crazy money. So, okay, on the cornerstones, let me rephrase: the bubble has not burst. There, I I, I, I retracted. It hasn't sure. burst yet. So on these, one, one on these, out of just shut 5, your mouth for a games. second. And listen, you big mouth. <laughs> these boutique games or these special games, whether it's Bond Le, whether it's Elvira, going even back to Beatles, which never completed their full run of of games. They 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 did not follow through with that because the demand wasn't there because of the higher price. We look back. First of all, great game. They could probably do it now, but maybe they lost license. Who knows? I have. I don't know. I don't know. But they're not the, those. The bubbles. They found the ceiling on those games, and they went a little past it, I believe. But maybe not selling them all is uh, still. I mean, <laughs> for the bond, for sure, they're still making money on this. No woe is stern. That's for sure. It's just funny to remember how much up in arms we were with Beatles pricing. Well, it was the. Bitching about there's no ramps. There's yeah, it was, that, it was that crap. But it was a ten. It was remember it was a ten thousand US game. No, and what it was was what people perceived as a dick move. Set your price thing. That's what it was. And it was also to the distributors. You have to buy ten of the regular ones to get one super gold, whatever the fuck, massive. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Paul titanium edition whatever yeah, yeah, yeah like that yeah, yeah. that kind of mac mac is jizz on it yeah exactly uh so that's what was had people up in arms too so but anyway okay but the the, the the reason why i bring that up is because this will not be the last time this happens just letting you know what what's going to happen is and this is a i think still think this is a perfectly good move they're like well okay well if you don't like it you've still got these other james bonds that you can have they're perfectly good machines they are constantly experimenting with the market and seeing what they can get away with. And they did it. They did. They probably even did it before 
uh, Beatles, but Beatles was the first real noticeable one. It's like, okay, you're now wanting more than top dollar and you're not giving us ramps. Then you had Elvira with her super special, oh my God, it's got her DNA in it, you know, because it has to, to have that kind of... And then this, it's the same thing. It's like they look... the. Oh my God, they are doing... They are so clever. They are doing this to normalise the normal prices. That is all they're doing, people. They are doing this. Yeah, so you maybe. Can get, maybe. You can get outraged at this one game, so then you can accept the fact that an LE now... For any other game, is now going to be twenty thousand dollars in in Australia or fifteen thousand, whatever it is. In that's what they're doing. They are knowing they are they are intentionally moving the the goalposts here of, of what people will pay by doing this ridiculous experiment up here. It's, just, it's they're doing a swifty. That's all they're doing, and it's so well they're doing it so well. Sure, Good on them. Sleight of hand. That's all it is. It's just a sleight of hand. We don't have this in our notes of what we wanted to talk about, but it just raises the question. So, has the bubble burst for becoming a distributor? Because everybody wanted to sell these games and stuff, but are distributors getting fucked? I mean, no one's feeling sorry for anybody. I I get that, you know, when we're talking big, big dollars, but what's the attractiveness to be a distributor now? Now, I mean, and I say that because Bond LE, what did they do? They first sold whatever allotment they had without a distributor. They got theirs first. Jersey Jack does it. Spooky does it. What's the carrot to be a distributor for just selling pinball machines? Well, it depends on whether there was always a fixed dollar amount that was margin or whether it was a percentage. Because if it was, let's say there was 10% margin, 10% of $30,000 is a lot more than 10% of $10,000. You know what I mean? And it's still just a unit. So they may be able to get more margin per machine and again i don't know what what i don't know is what stern charge distributors also what i don't know and this is what i'd be keen to know if anyone does know is whether the street price has now changed whether distributors are now saying well we now can't give you these massive discounts like we used to because we need to make money because we're selling less of them so i'd be curious to know whether the street price of stern games in north america has changed well, people do know. They just can't say it publicly. No, I know, but I'm just... But sometimes people do know publicly anyway. Like, it, sometimes it just gets out. So, if anyone does know, send us an email. Finalroundpinball at gmail.com. Yeah, but, we, uh, you know, we have to be careful what we what we say. and um, For sure. You know, you, you, it's funny. You talk about Indisc and uh, getting to talk to a lot of people and the, the fun of that. Especially coming off the episode where he said, you know, Keith could make a lot of money for himself by doing this. Boy, you hear a lot of shit, man. You hear a lot of shit from both sides. And I don't mean, Mm. well, how dare you say that? It's like, did you know this? Did you know this? And uh, times are changing. It's there used to only be a few distributors and then it kind of exploded and distributors were kind of. I don't know, uh, in name only, really. You know, it was a chance to get these LEs for their buddies and, uh, you know, were they selling them to the masses or was it always just a way to channel to get their games? There were a few of those in the States. There are quite a few of those. And uh, what kind of territories are there? Well, are there any territories? How many times do you hear a distributor say, we can ship anywhere in America or... Mm, Really, I guess. So, interesting times. They are indeed. I'm talking about distributors. I'm certainly not talking about being a 
pinball company. I think it's great to be a pinball company. You happen to be at a pinball company. And uh, I did notice <laughs> that Haggis was given a little whoops or a little correction. Can I get, I, I, you and I have not talked about this. You've been in Tasmania. This is the first uh-huh. time we've talked. When we received an email that said, oh boy, we basically fucked up uh, in the Twippy nominations after we said, hey, that is horseshit that Haggis wasn't included. Mm-hmm. I wasn't touching that. That's for you to respond. Or I don't. I didn't even see if you, you certainly didn't send it from final round if you did respond. But um, what is your action to their solution? I say with a question uh, mark. <laughs> you, well, um, okay. First of all, explain I, what happened. They forgot. They've just forgot us. They thought that we were in last year's awards and and just just forgot. Right? Forgot. So they were like, well, you know, we can put it in next year's awards if you want. And I said, no, don't worry about it because hopefully we've got we've got someone else going. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, I I just sort of said. You know, I really appreciate you reaching out, and I, I understand it's it's a, an oversight. It's yeah, a and admitting but there's a mistake that's that's a big. I appreciate that too. Yeah, if I'm really honest, it didn't bother me what the resolution was because the the impact had already happened. Like you can't, nothing you could say would stop me from thinking that you just didn't think we existed. You know what I mean? Yep. So I knew that he would be mortified that that's what happened and he was really apologetic like just like the response was and the twip committee like come on guys yeah. it's not just one person it's not just one person it's a number of people Josh but, Sharp. <coughs> <laughs> but the, the response really was i was really satisfied with the response i wasn't expecting a response didn't want a response well i just wanted to, to shit stir right that was the the point of the last podcast was this is funny let's make light of it and let's just this is stir some trouble. There's just no way to fix it, but at least the apology was there. And the fix was like, why even bother? I mean, oh, we'll put it on the ballot for the last four days. And if you want to recast your ballot and include Haggis, you can go do that. Who's going to fucking do that? Nobody. No, I just, there was no solution. There was actually no solution. But what what I got from the TWIP committee was the intent to do right by yeah, the oh one yeah. that they'd yeah. done. And that—that's all I needed, and that was so. That was fine. So it happened, as I said in the op, the, op, the podcast. We were never going to win, and <laughs> now that we've just—I haven't—we didn't get all the way to the end, but I watched quite a bit of the pinball show. Bagus was never going to win anyway. We were. The, the, oh my god! Uh, I mean, at least they, they acknowledged us, right? The pinball show, the pinball awards acknowledged Haggis was all the way through. We got nominated in like top three and a couple of things, but we were never going to win anything really. Um, you know, I mean, would I again for the pinball awards? Would I love? Would I have loved uh, the rules? My rules for Fathom Revisited to be in the top three? Absolutely, out of four machines, five machines, whatever it is. But not enough people would have played it to know. Which we can get into that dilemma about awards that say, well, film, film awards is a prime example. The Academy and the Foreign Press for the Golden Globes, they have to have watched every movie. That's nominated. Bullshit. <laughs> no, they, no. They, they do not. That's the that's the whole joke of uh, certainly the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press and uh, and the Academy. There's no way. I I fucking know Academy members that vote that uh, they haven't seen everything. No, they they haven't. But of the films that have been nominated, they have to watch them. No, they do not. 
Uh, they have to after they've been nominated to then no, pick a winner. No, they do not. They can oh, say that. Oh. They, they, uh, is it like Clockwork Orange and they're fucking peeling their eyes back to force them to watch this and they're putting no, water drips to make what sure they, they actually, stay awake? But what they actually do, but they, they are obliged to, to do, do it. it. Yes, correct. They do But that's, they are obliged to do it. Like it's part of the rules that says they have to, whether they do it or not, it's up to them. But what I'm saying is it's much harder for these awards, do you think every person that voted in the Pinball Awards and the Trippies, do you think every person that voted has played, well, not just Fathom Revisited, but has played uh, Widow Yankovic? Nope. And <laughs> no, no, not at all. And uh, all. it doesn't matter what award show. It Absolutely not. And I did kind of notice the dig Twip put on their website too. It was talking about their awards, you know, how important their awards are. Uh, it was a shot at the Pinball Awards saying that uh, it's not just a few media people voting. That was a bit of a dig. So you're saying that the thousands of emails, not all of them verified, uh, uh, which may include a few media, is way more important than, you know, people that are supposed to be in the know, like you say, a smaller media amount. I don't know. I just... Like, fuck, there's no winners there, guys. Either no, this- and, and pissing on each other, like, fuck. Yeah. Just- okay. I, I, I don't know. We, we, I somehow just want to move on from this, but I, I want to find us by trying to, trying to summarize your feelings and my feelings on this, right? We are not angry and we're not hurt that these things exist and we aren't into them. We just recognize that they're flawed and therefore don't don't live our lives by them i guess you know what i mean like it's it's not like we're aggressively indifferent we're passively indifferent but it's something that happens every year that we have to talk about and it's like why we we don't buy into this it's it's not it's not twippy it's not the pinball awards or tpn it's not any of those organizations that we have a problem with we just have a problem with that we know that these and most award shows are flawed we just don't buy into it Am, am I summarizing correctly? If you heard the reach rounds, it was a major fuck you to all award shows. All of them, really. It was yeah. just, we were taking the piss out of it. You're right. There's nothing wrong with the organization TWIP. There's nothing wrong with the organization, the Pinball Network, and these people that put on these award shows. Zero. In fact, great admiration for all of them. Seriously. What I personally, and I can't speak for you, Marty, is I hate any association that I may have with any of them i'm talking about award shows i'm i'm guilty by association because we happen to do a podcast so we are either nominated or not nominated and it's a process i fucking really just want nothing to do with zero to do with i i didn't do this podcast whether it's pinball profile almost seven years ago or this one now in our fourth year we didn't do it to win an award. We don't give a shit. We never, ever fucking ask and beg and plead for votes because that is worth zero when you do that. It's worth nothing. You know what? You you tell me out of the blue, hey, fuck, you, you, you got this and it's a surprise. That's great. That's wonderful. That also doesn't mean anything. It, it's nice. Like we said a week ago, when you tell us you listen to the show, you comment, you send us emails, that's why we do this. Mm-hmm. So correct, correct. You're right, and we're, and and again, we're not. If we didn't get nominated for podcast, like I know, Pinball Profile always gets nominated, so you're okay. But you know, I, we didn't get. We, I, we didn't. I, last I, don't, year. I don't say. I don't. I, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I, again, zero solicitations. Do you want to know? Take a take a look at the history. When the awards come out, 
And when the nominations are, are um, up, I go radio silent. I don't post a podcast. I don't post. I certainly don't post vote for this, that. I kind of want to lay low. I do it on purpose just to fucking have your little vote stuff, but I don't want to be perceived as mm-hmm. any kind of. I, I purposely do not do anything that solicitation time. No, I know. But my, my point I was trying to make was that you don't care whether you're in there or whether if, if you weren't on the top 10, you also wouldn't care either. Couldn't like, give a shit. No, you couldn't give a shit either way. Because um, that's my segue into Pimple Innovations. What Can you name the innovations on Rush? Innovations on Rush? Uh, hmm. I'm, looking, I'm looking at the machine right now. Innovations? Vux have been there before. Um, a scoop can go out the side and go at the bottom. That's uh, A clock is just a toy. Uh, they've had the posts come up behind drops before, before, you know, posts come up before innovations, maybe on video stuff, but no, I can't think of any. Am I missing some? No, that's it. Cool. Cool. Next topic. Well, are they up for radio? Are, are they up for innovations? Oh yeah, they, they were top three. Ah, is this a passive aggressive? Haggis <laughs> 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 <just> mentioned again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey man it's it's a fucking open ballot where people know what they know they know what they know and i don't fault them for that no this is my point i do not fault anyone for that that's just the nature of these things but i just wanted to bring that up that is just for me the example where i go well i could rattle off on both hands the innovations on a fathom revisited didn't get top three russia's got none it got voted because people know that game. They don't know Fathom. That's just I'm just using that example that says nothing wrong if you're into this kind of stuff, but it's flawed. Yeah. So not buying into it, and it, and therefore it doesn't actually bother me that we're not there. Hmm. You know what I mean? In the time since we've been recording, I sent a few emails out because we were recording during the pinball awards and couldn't really watch it. Um, they announced the uh, excellence in podcasting. Do you want to know who the three were? Um, I told yes, you. Yes, you can tell me. Yeah, so, well, I was watching Silverball Chronicles with Ron yep. and David, uh, The Pinball Show with Zach and Dennis, and Triple Drain with Double uh, Zero Travis with Tom Graff <laughs> and Joel as well. All great podcasts, by the way. I listened to all of them. The winner was The Pinball Show, and I believe won it last year too. So, uh, congrats. I think they'll probably be in the top three once the podcasting thing comes out for TPF, uh, the Twippies and all that stuff. Um, they, they always seem to be there and uh, it's kind of a weekly go-to. It's a, it's a, you know, I think the success of their show is they provide news and information, uh, some commentary as well, a different angle, you know, with what uh, Dennis does with Eclectic, really in-depth. He's a great writer too, by the way. And uh, and then the sense of humor that they both add and Zach's knowledge of the distributor side of it. Um, so uh, congrats to them. I do genuinely believe that they actually are the best pin- the podcast. I'm just, that's just me. I think they are. Hard not to disagree. So congrats to them. What we did kind of see before we logged on to do this podcast was had a quick look at the YouTube channel. And uh, again, you were talking about production of Indisc. The big, big production value uh, to do this. So it's no easy task and a lot of hours 
pretty impressive, I'd have to say. It's uh, something you can probably catch on YouTube. So go to the Pinball Network and uh, catch the Pinball Awards. And then, of yep. course, the Twippies are TPF live with Emoto. And how good is this? Todd Tucky. I knew they'd find a way better replacement than yours truly. Fucking Todd Tucky. You can't get a better one than him. Well, you say that, and I'm not disagreeing with you. Todd's, Todd's a-, a legend. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, he is. I funny videos like he like whether it's your sense of humor or not, creative and volume and just a long history. Pretty loved guy. I think he's fantastic. My point is on his videos, he's a bit of a loose cannon anyway. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Imagine him in a live environment. Oh, I what I'm thinking is that it's going to probably be the best. Twippies ever just because I don't think you'll be able to control him and I think he's going to be random as fuck and I cannot wait. I am here for it. Did you? Oh, no, it was a face. I was going to say, did you get the email? It wasn't an email. We, (laughs) Emoto sent me a note that I have to produce a, I don't know, 30 second tease of final round and also pinball profile of of what the show's about so obviously samples from i have no idea i you didn't see this i forgot fuck it was it was sent directly to me what should we listener please tell us what should we for fun so they're gonna highlight which is really cool i hope not spoiling anything ah fuck who who cares they're gonna highlight all the 10 nominees for podcasts they're gonna play 15 30 second clips okay hold on a second let me just just going to check our email and see, read that email that came through. It, it came to Emoto message. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that my point that I'm making? That Emoto and I talk all the time. So, um, that I'm part of this podcast. So, I'm just saying, like, if that's okay, that's fine. What you've produced three shows, uh, you fucking screwed up the recording of the shows you aren't editing. Um, mm, sure, sure, do nothing. Equal yep. partner, there's no. Unlike uh, Slam there's Tilt, no way out of this. Ron, unlike, there's no way out of this. There's, listen, <laughs> there's no co-host. I I always list, laugh at Slam Tilt. I'm Ron, and here's our co-host. Fucking get off your high horse, Howlett. Like, you're fucking equal hosts there on Slam Tilt. Yeah. Anyway, equal hosts here, Marty, you and I. It's just maybe mm-hmm. I'm the editor. And also, I talk, I've been talking to Emoto for months about Indisc and stuff. Uh, so... so- Somebody's butt just got hurt. Sure. So, the butt. Oh, here comes the silent treatment, Marty. What should we use for our 15, no. 30 second thing? Or should yeah. I just ask our listener? Or should it? Not bothered. Oh, doesn't, doesn't bother me. I don't care about the awards. Neither do you. So why should we care? I don't care. You're right. I would care if they used a sample that didn't represent us best. So, is it 30 possible? Se- those thirty seconds clip they're getting is from the reach arounds. I'll submit it. <laughs> I was going to say like a 30 second loop of you saying cunt. <laughs> Play that at TPF. Those, those, that, that and any clip from the reach arounds, interchangeable. They both mean the same thing. I just why don't we just play Ed's song, Ed Robertson's song, where he says, oh <laughs> most God. awards shows suck, you end up getting bored. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, oh, good hilarious. times! <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Oh, and so anyway, okay, we got to figure that out. Hey, I saw Avatar. Oh, okay. What'd you think? You said go, 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 go see it, go see it, go see it. Sure. You know my favorite part of Avatar? 
What's that? I was really tired uh, from the week that was. It's a great mm-hmm. time to take a nap. Did you fall asleep? There might have been a 10-minute period where I was like, <clears throat> and then my son's like, hey, wake up. Yeah. It's um, a long film. Three hours, 15 minutes. Edit the fucking movie. My God. Holy. Yeah. It's visually stunning for a while. You know, there's that sweet spot we talk about. You know, comedians, if you go over a 60, 70-minute set, you've probably gone too long. Leave them wanting more. And we know there's going to be more because there's going to be more sequels. It was just too long. It was it was great. Story was okay. It's kind of uh, no story was good. It was just um, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I mean, it's the second gross, best grossing movie of all time right now. It's something to see, but uh, I don't get it. Am I missing something? There's there's no, there's big no. movies I just don't get. Like I I've seen them. I saw all the, all the Lord of the Rings movies. I was like, am I missing something? No. And this is again my my thoughts when I saw this was. Like, yeah, definitely go and see it. If you like the first one, you'll like the second one. But the difference is the first one was new. It was innovative. When it came to the visuals, it was next level. This is kind of next level, but it's an increment. It's not, the there's not, as you know, the visuals are great and some of it's wow, but it's not, wow, I've never seen anything like this. This is like, wow, this is next level, but... Not that much next level. It's still very good. If you like roller coasters, you get a big rush of excitement. You go on sure. another roller coaster, okay, that's a little different. The turns went this way, it went upside yes. down. Yes. Same thing. That's, that's do you know what? Really good analogy right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it is effectively more of the same, better than the original, but the bulk of it's more of the same. Okay. In other news, did you hear of Brian? Do you, I don't know if that even gets there in Australia. Do you hear about Brian Walsh? Do you know who Brian Walsh is? Don't Brian Google. Don't, Walsh? Go, don't Google it if you don't know. Um, is he the executive general manager for AFL? Probably, no. but that's not the one I'm thinking. And you're obviously googling, so fuck. <laughs> <it. laughs> is he a footballer? No, no, no. no. Stop um, googling. No, it keeps coming up to. Although googling, if you did Google, that could get you in trouble because that oh that's what got oh, okay. Brian, that's what got Brian Walsh in trouble for googling. Brian Walsh is a guy in Massachusetts that was uh, charged with killing his wife. Now, oh, she sadly oh. has died. Um, why is Brian being charged? Because they've since found out he was Googling how to get away with killing your wife and <laughs> disposing of the body. <laughs> he was doing it on his son's iPad. It's now in evidence and stuff. There were, I guess, 14 times where he was trying to figure out how to do it. Um, not the best way to kill a person and i ask you because you are a seasoned veteran when it comes to killing people um that's not how you that's, do it is that's it? not true i've only killed four people four is not enough to be considered a seasoned veteran when it comes to killing people <laughs> oh well let's get you to that status let's, let's do it right now let's fucking do it it's time to bring back an old favorite. Oh, Ooh, no. Fucking yes. No, yes. is that what you're doing? You're setting this bullshit. I've got Brian Walsh here on my notes. I'm looking up some football player. Now I'm reading about this um, Serbian woman that's had her body dismembered. You've done that just to set me up to do this fucking shit thing? Okay. Welcome back. Oh, my God. A fan favorite. <laughs> time to kill some people. Yes. Is it? Is it from who? Oh, wouldn't that be great? That's that's what we submit. Who we killed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now final round. Marty, who would you rather have dead? 
Oh. Okay, is this now going to be, is it the, 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 the Pimble Awards or the Trippies? Which one am I going to kill off? Is that what this is now? Oh, fuck it, every. Oh, see, oh, fuck, that's perfect time. I got a better one. I, I wasn't thinking of that. I was waiting to find out who won the Pinball Awards for best podcasting. I'm like, let's fucking kill those guys. Then we can have a shot. So that's who's on the ticket tonight. It's Zach Menny and Dennis Creasel. All right, those two fuckers have won back-to-back Pinball Awards Nobody's saying they created the pinball award so that they can give themselves a award. Don't even suggest that. Uh, you already did. Um, <laughs> but it's time to put those two to task. Toe-to-toe, combat, one lives, one dies. You, Marty, you have the opportunity to sneak one of them a shiv. Give them the weapon that'll help them secure their life. Is it Zach Manny who does the pinball show and, and is a distributor for flipping out or is it Dennis Creasel who for years with Tony has done the eclectic gamers podcast lived in Kansas and, and, and give us all kind of great information. Great writer. Well, let's see how good they are in the battlefield when it comes to fight for your life. Marty, who lives, who dies? You fight decide. It, are you actually now giving it like a proper title? Fight for your life. Ah, fuck today. I am. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So, let's look at these two fine gentlemen on either side. Oh, you, As you said. When you say that, I just, I, 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 can, I can't see you, but I'm thinking, I want them both dead. But go ahead. <laughs> but you've said that's not an option. So, if I can't kill them both, oh, I have killed people. Of, anyway. Um, so, let's talk about Zach Manny first. Zach Manny, whom is a distributor, as you've said, a distributor of... Haggis, I believe. Oh, there's where we're going. Okay, go ahead. So I just no, I just wanted to bring that up. That's just incidental. Got nothing to do with my decision, sure. But somebody that would actually put food on my table. Okay, whom I met at TPF for the first time, and he was very, very welcoming, very nice to me, lovely. gave gave me a lot of time. I mean, he was there with his flipping out, flipping out stand. So it, to give me the time that he did was just. Fantastic. It was awesome. I, I loved catching up with Zach. He was awesome. I think Zach is an awesome guy. By the way, food on your table. Yep. Other distributors can do that too. You don't have to. He's not the only one selling haggis. I'm not trying to, I'm trying, I'm not trying to kill Zach. I'm just pointing out that you know he's not the only one. Go on. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. What I can tell you is this, which is, I'm blurring some lines here, but I can tell you this. Do you know that Zach, Manny, and Nicole, obviously, and Flippin' Out, have got a reputation for being one of the best distributors in the world. Have you heard that? I haven't heard it. I have assumed it because of what uh, how many people I know are thrilled with their products yeah. and service, for sure. You get you, you get rave reviews, right? Hey, they're a sponsor of the Pinball Profile Played in America Tour, and yeah. they were my first choice, uh, and uh, he didn't blink an eye. So I, okay. I, I agree. As a worker or as a person that, that's, that that's part of a pinball manufacturer that has got them as a distributor, I now know why. They are get so much praise for being a great distributor because they are. I'm just telling you, phenomenal partners. That's what okay. I'm saying. Okay? We're trying to kill somebody. Here you are praising both okay. of them. Go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously Dennis is getting killed. I'm just working up to that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just. <laughs> Whoops. <I'm> just <laughs> Whoops. I mean, things so, could change. Hold on. Go on. I'll, I'll, I'll fight for you. I'll fight for you, Dennis. And then Dennis, whom I have met once. I met him at TPF. Had a chat with him and Tony. They were, they were awesome. Um, he is 
I would say probably one of the most underrated podcasters. Yeah, I'd agree. And I, would, I say that because in a way he's kind of like us in that he doesn't care what you think. He is there to entertain, to give you some information, to do it very succinctly and to educate people. That That is, I think, what... what um, and I'm speaking on behalf of Dennis, but I think that's that's what his MO is. His MO isn't to be the funny, the hilarious, or even the most knowledgeable. He's there to educate people so they are educated, so they are better off for knowing the information that he gives. There you he, go. He's a smart guy, and I think he's extremely funny. Like, yeah. um, There are some people that want to let you know they're funny and just like they'll laugh at their own jokes and stuff yes, like that. And yeah. It's yep. like he just is. He just he just is. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you know, he moves on to the next one. I like that kind of humor. Well, you and I were having this conversation before we started recording where we were talking about comedies and we were saying there are comedies that force feed you the joke and they, you know, they do the canned laughter or whatever it is. And then there's great comedies where they don't give you the punchline. They don't give you canned laughter. They let you find the funny. That is Dennis. Yeah, it's it's my style I prefer. Absolutely my style as well. So, he's still going to die. I'm just going to just keep <laughs> he's, he's dead. He's what, what, dead. What weapon are you feeding? Like, how, how do you want him to go? I'm you haven't curious. even told me the scenario, have well, you? Well, they're, they're, they're in a, I assume, a cage of death, and uh, they have to fight for each other. But they're probably not great fighters, if we're being honest. So, they need some sort of weapon. So, what are you, do, what are you doing? Do you want a quick death? Do you want it? Like, how, how do you want Dennis to go? Okay, it's, do you know what? To be honest... What I know about Zach is I know a lot more about Zach than I do Dennis. And when I think of, <laughs> this is terrible, but when I think of Zach and I think if I was to kill Zach, I can see the pictures, the faces of his children and his, oh. and his wife because he shows his photos of his fucking family all the time. Whereas if Dennis went, I don't know what his family is. Has he got kids? Has he got a wife? Has he got a partner? I don't know. Has he got a dog that's going to be left behind? I don't know. If my guess is correct, he does have a dog named Precious that uh, fell down a well and he has to put the bucket in it after (laughs) after he puts the lotion on the skin. So, So really what I'm saying is they're both equal. They're both great people. They both contribute a lot. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of Zach because I would just have the imagery of his family. I feel if Dennis could have actually posted up some photos of his family, before this moment, he might have had a chance. Well, you'll see them at the funeral. <laughs> Are you giving the eulogy, Marty? <laughs> yes, yes. It's a sad yes. loss. Ladies, I- ladies and gentlemen, he was a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously I'm Australian, so that's a compliment. And so. didn't know how to defend himself with the shiv that I gave Zach. So rest in peace. <laughs> so long, Dennis. Uh, I oh. still hate that segment, but... No, I actually enjoyed that one then. Oh, fuck. I like the idea of Twips versus Pinball Wars. Oh, yeah, there's one where both aren't making it. Let's be honest. Uh, Okay, so (laughs) emails. Uh, Yes, emails. We had a lot of emails come through. None of them from Moto. I've just noticed. Oh, directly to me. Pinballprofile at gmail.com. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Actually, probably cell phone message, if I'm really being honest. <laughs> There's a good one from David Lee. Okay, you read that one. What I what I actually want to do is I just head-to-head got an email this week. Oh, wow. Yep. Mix it up. 
No, what's really funny is that this, our podcast got asked to be a marketer for Manscaped. So, you know, Manscaped, obviously, you know, you shave your balls. Oh, my God. I, I, I got one of those too. Go on. Yeah. But for head to head, and they're like, hey, head to head, Bimble team, we came across your show and think it's a, it's a great fit. Why? Because we do a show once a year. Is that what? How's this happen? Can I just tell you that that is by far the number one reason why I like traveling for pinball? You think it's for competition. You think it's for seeing people. Uh uh-uh. uh. And I apologize to the hotel staff. I'm a good tipper. Don't you worry. But by far, the best thing about traveling is it's a perfect opportunity to manscape, all right? Because you do not yeah, want- leave it behind. You don't want the fucking shrapnel and curlies at your place. If you need to trim the hedge, bring out the weed whacker when you're on the road. It's what pinball tournaments are all about. I agree. So I would say, even without being an official sponsor, everybody go to manscaped.com and fucking <laughs> <laughs> shave your balls. <laughs> Oh, you have a JJ. I'm not discriminating here. What I'm saying is, you're fucking just bushy down there. Do something about it, you fucking dirty fucks. Yeah, exactly. Manscaped.com. <laughs> Get some money. Cha-ching, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Type in final round on the promo code. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we did get... I've had, I think it came to final round too. I know I've seen them before. Pinball profile, like, yeah, that's going to work. Not that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, no, David Lee had a good email. Actually, there were a few. David uh, Dennis, uh, I kind of agree with you. You said Keith hasn't got there yet. What? I know you take a lot to get off, but surely Keith has warmed up to you by now. This is from David Dennis. Uh, if you're not hot and bothered like most, do you think you will eventually get there or should Keith just give up, fake a cramp, and move on? Oh, <laughs> what kind of long ramps, deep code, <laughs> or various tiny pop-ups posts do you need to get you there? Oh, David, we love you. Yeah. He, if you won in the uh, Silverball Chronicles, you would have been in that cage of death. So uh, you're, you're still alive, David. So yep, be absolutely. thankful. Be thankful. Yep. But, but okay, just on that, I know we joke, but I, I still maintain, get him off that pedestal just for now. Give him some more time. It's only been four games. It's only four. Five. Doesn't count. It doesn't count. It's a totally different play field. It's brand yeah, new. Don't, don't, don't. It's, not, it's five, been, fucker. Hasn't been shipped yet, so no one knows whether it's any good. Um, it's sold more games than other companies, so it <gasps> definitely counts. Yeah, but we don't know whether it's a good game. But it's still a five games. It's not four. And it's a game you said you'd buy in a heartbeat if the money wasn't there. Sure, I know, but we still don't know it's a good game. He's still not a fucking seasoned veteran, right? Yes. That's the point. Anyway, and people are agreeing with me. David Dennis agrees with me. So... There's He's a Canadian. Of, what does he no, know? So, so there you go. There's a lot of people that have agreed with me now. <laughs> uh, David Lee, thanks for putting out the podcasts. And thanks for the tournament talk going. Jeff had a strong opinion that Keith should go to a contractor. Blah, blah, blah. We already talked about that. I'm going to skip all that shit. Oh, you're going to skip it because they agree with me. Uh, oh, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I told it's, it, you. No, he, 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 he agrees with me that I want Keith to make more games. That's all it is. And that's I, is I, told, that, I told Keith that. I said, I don't want to have to fucking sit and wait till when that next game is because I want to play it. So it's just me being selfish. That's all it is. It's, I, okay. I never claimed to be anything other than that. 
So yeah. let's read another email. This is Jason from the Pimple Party. He says, Marty, fuck man, you described my thoughts on Godzilla way better than I could. I always just described it as throwing everything in the kitchen sink at it, but I never quite deduced why that turned me off. So what turns me off is is what you mentioned, that there is always something giving you positive feedback, which to me takes away from some of the challenge of not every shot always meaning something. Anyway, thanks for helping my brain come to terms with why I didn't love Godzilla. Don't get me wrong, I like the shots, but it's one Keith game that I don't really agree with its first place pedestal. Awesome show as usual, you fucking cunts. Do you realize that Jason uh, contacted me today? And mm. uh, if you listen to the pinball party, it's funny. We, we've talked about it before on this show. They ha- he has this robot called Mef, which is a combination of Marty and Jeff. And um, he asked me to come on the show to talk about Indisc and tournament talk. So I will get back to him and find out if uh, he would like you to come on as well, because I know he's a fan of the show, the final round, not, not me. Yeah, cool. So, uh, it's, I'm a fan uh, of his show. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. Good production value, too. So we'll see about that. My last little thought, and um, it's a little tip for me to you. If you ever uh, fly to tournaments, and I, I do quite a bit, and uh, you drove to Tasmania, I can't believe that, but I guess it was a lot of fun. No, uh, wait, wait, no. Oh, I you put had a, it on a I put no, I put it on a boat that oh, goes fuck. over to Tasmania. Yeah, so it's, it's like a ten hour. You put the, you actually drive it onto the boat. Yeah, ferry. There's yeah. Th- thousands of them. Yeah, it's like a ferry. It's, I don't know. It's kind of like a catamaran type thing. Um, huge, and then it's ten hours to get over to Tasmania, and then you drive it off. You didn't fly. So I, f- no. I flew to Indisc. I'm about to go to Wisconsin. And why, by the way, I'm going there in February. And I don't know why I do this. Every time I go to Wisconsin, I'm always flicking through Netflix and I'm watching shit. And the last thing I just watched was the Dahmer series where he killed all those people in mm. Milwaukee. I'm like, fuck, why do I watch this right before I go to Wisconsin? Now I think everybody's Dahmer when I go there. <sighs> you should have watched Laverne and Shirley or Happy Days or something. Anyway. Here's my tip to you when you're flying, all right? I don't fly first class. Do you, Marty? Business? No. Very few uh, times. Business, but I, I, I even many times have had my company say, oh, we'll fly your business. I'm like, oh, don't, don't spend the money. I would rather you save the money because I just think business is nice. Sure. But not necessary for me. Not necessary for me either. And uh, what is odd though, like if you go overseas, obviously first class is at the front of the plane. And, you know, when us... Uh, peons, if you will, get on. They're already on board and you don't even see them because you're turning right and they're on the left side. But on most planes, you enter at the front and you have to walk by the first class people. You get that, right? You know that for most flights, correct? Yep. It's a pet peeve of mine. Not that they're in first class, all power to them, but the look of disgust when you walk on the plane (laughs) and they're sitting in their fucking big wide seats and they up and down look you you ever yep. notice that? Yep, yep. Here's my yep. tip to you, and I do this every fucking time. When someone does that to me in first class and they do the up and down look to, to see who's going to the to the back of the bus, if you will, I always, always fake trip and bump into them. <laughs> always, always, always. Or if they're in a window seat, I save one in the chamber and I fucking drop an air biscuit right there. <laughs> So that when you're enjoying your meal before everyone else, you're also eating my fart. I fucking do it every yep. time. Yep. So first class, when we get on, just look the other way. Look down at your it, book. Do yep. not look at us. We're not as good as you. But when you give us a look, you're about to either get bumped or shit on. Just, yep. just a little lesson. It's a, it's a good thing that you've always got one in the chamber. Always one in the chamber. Fuck always. 
Sometimes too. Why do you think I? Why do you think I do well at classics? I'm like, fuck, I, I blew that ball. But you're about to eat this for the next thirty seconds. So. <laughs> Little tip. Uh, I do remember. I do remember actually once I was in business class and I remember sitting next to this woman who was a real pain in the ass. She kept complaining about stuff. But we were about an hour into the flight and then she just started letting these things go. Like these things, they I feel like they've been festering for two centuries up her butt. Out they came. And people were just dying all around oh. this vicinity, like like crop circles. It was like, and they were. This went for about half an hour, and in that half an hour, then food arrived mm. and first cut. So I was so nice food. Ugh. And you know what happened? What? No one eat. <laughs> you know what happened? No, I will tell you what happened. I ate my dinner, and it didn't sit well with me. <laughs> I kid you not, for the next two hours, I was fucking lobbing them back over at her. <laughs> like a tennis match. The Australian oh, it Open. Was. It honestly was. But that, and she was doing it as well. And there was this one time where it was just going to, we just looked at each other and sort of just, we both just looked at each other and sort of shrugged our shoulders and went, oh, well, that's what it is. We've obviously both got massive bowel issues oh, at the moment. God. Oh, so, my God. In a plane, nobody wins. In a plane. Nobody Correct. wins. Oh. No one wins. So that's Good what happened. God. Oh. You know, I'm such a dick too when I – and you think I'm joking. I don't. If I've got one in the chamber and I have a bad ball and I'm playing somebody that – I don't know. If they're a good friend, I probably won't. Uh, actually, I probably would even more so. You would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll drop so one. And, and by the way, there's no volume on these. These are total silent but deadlies. Mm-hmm. But I drop yep. it and I fucking walk. I leave really yep. quickly so that, again, it's it's there. I'm far, far away and they're the only one there. So the next person comes up thinks, oh, they did it. It's awesome. But I'm a dick in the sense that if I smell one, I immediately yell, who shit? Who did this right away? Nah, when yep. I'm mainly the guy guilty all the time. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> good. Good yeah. times. Good t- I'd imagine your your schwinter has been on boot camp many years to get it just right. So you can just make no sound, but maximum odor. Well, conversely, too, when I want sound, I can. Uh, it's like a fucking bugle down there. It's it's amazing. <laughs> I can do any Chuck Mangione song. I'm you telling you. You can join an orchestra yeah, with that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> okay. Where can people right. reach us? They can email us at finalroundpinball at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at finalroundpinball podcast maybe and and twitter we're not mentioning twitter anymore are we fuck twitter yeah at final round pin anyway if you could be bothered but really email us or message us on facebook uh we will respond to you my my only advice to you is if you are going to come um message us make sure you message both of us yeah. is probably the lesson for this episode <laughs> or you get or you get a 30 second clip of us dropping c-bombs and killing people that's <laughs> what you get that's what you get well done marty so much for the uh pre-recording hey let's just try to get this done in an hour well done well done (laughs) i know good job well it's because i kept drinking so there there was that and your computer shutting down and oh whose turn Uh, is it to edit this week thanks asshole yeah it won't be too bad (laughs) not for you it'll be no it won't be bad for me at all thank you all right you're welcome good to talk to you again thanks for the birthday wish oh you forgot anyway uh have a good time uh prick uh, when's your birthday? Was it coming your, up soon? It was fucking was it yesterday. Yesterday. Wait. Wait. You know when yours is, and you know I'm a week before you. Oh, uh, I. I mean, I know. I know. Uh, oh. Uh, uh. 
It's like a fucking 80s robot breaking. Well, it's oh, because mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think it's going to be hard for you to actually feel my genuine Sorry for missing your birthday. Ryan seated too. That's a I'm, like fuck it. Not only is it, it's also Australia Day. Like it, you know, it's right around there. And you know why it's important this year? Like here's the biggest thing. And and yes, I am fucking talking about it. What came off my IFPA card was my win in Australia at the Pinball Profile World Tour. I mentioned it because it doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. It's it's off my IFPA no, card. That, 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 no, 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 no. That's not, that's not how the trippy ah, works. Fucking who that's cares. not how the rich went. Um, and who was it? It was Greg Sil- Silby that paid for that. So Come, come get me, Greg. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, um, it's gone now. So, oh, but the legend remains. Repeat every year. Oh, oh. you're adding it now. I am. No, because this is what, like, if I don't, save for this and future events, yep, if I don't log into Facebook and it's not in my- Yeah, on that day. Yeah, I get it. In my calendar, I I won't know. And I feel like a dick too, because I had a lot of people, what I call real friends, actually, um, wish me a happy birthday on Facebook and stuff, unlike yourself and, and Ryan. Um they said, and I felt like a dick because I'm like, fuck, I don't see notifications of birthdays. Like, I don't because I, I check Facebook on my phone more than anything else, and nowhere does it say birthdays. I don't know, like, I would have to search it, I guess. If I go on my desktop, they kind of notifications, hey, it's such and such birthdays, but I don't see that on mine. So, so tell me, tell me, what, what's the actual date of your birthday for everybody? Because remember, you said it's yesterday. Well, I don't know what yesterday was. What the first 28th? of all, 27th. Okay, so there you go. You said yesterday. Well, that's the 28th. What? Well, again, I'm only talking about where I am living. It's funny because Roden was the first, Mr. Osborne was the first to uh, send me a note, Dr. John, right after that, because Australia gets my birthday first. So I'm thinking, oh, fuck Marty and Ryan will be here soon, soon, soon. Nothing. Crickets. Like a game of Frontier. <laughs> Not as enjoyable. <laughs> you know how my wife celebrated my birthday? How's that? She's in Cabo for the week. <laughs> she went on vacation with her girlfriend. Yep. Oh. There you go. Good times. So, so, so I, you thoughtful people around you. Yeah. A lot of friends. Thanks. When's your birthday? Let people know of that. 9th of February. Mm-hmm. Come up. I'll try to remember. Let's see. No, do you know what? I fucking, oh, my God. Literally 30 seconds ago, I'm like, I'm not going to tell him my birthday, and now you're going to fucking sweat because if you're going to have a go at me for missing your birthday, you better not miss mine. <laughs> but... Yes. We'll see. I could be busy. Tough to say. Could be in Wisconsin with all the domers. All right. I'm out of here. See (laughs) you. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.